Hey, I'm Dean Blandino, and as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight, down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! That's it, pack the bag, start the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. We're up to episode 201. It's like number one all over again. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How are you doing, my man? I'm good, Chris. I was thinking about it. I was, I was thinking about, you know, mascots for the show. And uh, Winnie the Pooh came to mind. And, and, you know, obviously, I mean, he's a bear. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, it's a problem. But, I mean, A, he, uh, you know, he's he's unrealistically optimistic. And B, he walks around without any pants on ever. And it just feels right. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's something to think about. Definitely, definitely the pants free. Yeah, definitely right. All right, we'll think about that. Today's show, we got a huge announcement. This is probably the biggest announcement, the biggest thing we've ever done with the show. We've made it first on the agenda. Do not miss this. You're going to want to take part. We also break down free agency. There seems to be some news about that, some things going on. You guys might want to hear what we think about that. We've got, as a result of these moves that have happened in uh, free agency, We've got the draft coming into focus. We're going to take you around the division so you can see what else is happening. We got the Riz and a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Chris, you you think we can afford to get the contract away from Disney? Dude, I mean, we're doing well, but we're not doing that well. Oh, bother. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, time for a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out. Help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. That's right. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis. And Brian B. from I Prevail. Their new album drops on the 29th of March. It's called Drama. They've got some great cuts available on YouTube right now. Go check them out. It's it's really good stuff. They are Patreon donors. Brian's in the in the Slack chat with us. Uh, we got Riz. We got all kinds of great people in the Slack. It's a it's a good time. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get the Slack. The pre-show shows, when we shoot those, you get access to those as well. And uh, you get pre-news and options that, well, like recently happened, pre-order some sweet-ass merch. Um, check it out. Join for as little as a dollar a month. You get all those great things. And it helps the show do great things, as you are going to hear very shortly. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and even more so, check us out on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Case. A tale isn't a tale to them. It's just a little bit extra at the back. 
And we love a little bit extra at the back. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, and uh, get access to all the great stuff. Um, Again, big announcement coming up. We're uh, culminating all that big thing on YouTube on the draft, so check it out. Uh, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also, make sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us, Spotify, all those good things. We're out there. You can find us and let people know how much you love us by giving those five stars. And, of course, if you have some constructive feedback, you can use the survey that we have out or just hit us up in the subreddit, and we, uh, we take those things very seriously and act on your input. Make sure to give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message. You get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And Case, ah, man, this has been killing me. We've been talking about this for a little bit, and um, <laughs> it's been hard. I like I've been sending teasers on Twitter only because I can't I can't hold a secret for shit, right? But I, I did this time. I really did it, Case. You did what? Kept the secret. You kept what secret? Okay, <laughs> it starts <laughs> with a story. Fine. Um, and I, I do have to tell you know we we took last week off and it was it was actually really good because we've been we've been going pretty hard on this and work has been going pretty hard on it's just been it's been crazy everywhere case has been busy as well I know it's just been nonstop and uh, we took a little time case got a vacation down in Tejas you, you were down in Austin right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was fun it hit up Franklin's if you haven't been put it on the bucket list it's worth it really okay I'll check that out. I, uh, I I went to L.A. It was for work. I did manage to squeeze a couple of nights and a couple of play things out and, and some things for this as well that we did and uh, and had an overall good trip. But we got to spend some time watching the Combine and uh, do it kind of not in the same mindset if, as if we were doing a broadcast that night or putting a show together. And it was actually great to kind of just sit back and take it in and absorb it more in more of a fan kind of way, right, than than the standard. But especially after doing the senior bowl, seeing all those guys, they were running, they're working out, see where they graded out. You know, this is, this was my year of kind of the, the school of Riz <laughs> and grading and understanding what to look for and what we're looking at when, uh, when grading these guys, it was really good to kind of follow it all the way through down now to see them at the combine. But so we're doing it and the combine's going on, but throughout the combine, there's an undercurrent that's been there for the last, God, seems forever. Uh, Rich Eisen's Run Rich Run, his uh, that forty yard scoot he does for charity, you know, for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. It's just great. Which is also hilarious. I mean, I mean, it's not as hilarious it was when he first started doing it, but I'll always love Rich Eisen. Uh, he's he's just a guy to me that's uh, he's got his priorities straight. He's he's he doesn't know as much about football as the guys he talks to, and he doesn't pretend that he does either. And it's just really like. I don't know. I just appreciate his approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just he really does. I mean, he's he's a Michigan graduate. He could he just embodies that kind of soul and heart uh, of Michigan. Really, really cool. So I'm watching it and I'm chilling. Right. I'm just I'm, I'm I have to stream it because my stupid hotel doesn't have the NFL Network. But whatever. So I'm streaming it and um, Steve Mariucci comes on and uh, it was cool. Another Michigan guy, right? And he throws down a challenge to the coaches and the assistant coaches. Uh, to see to to step up and donate, right? And it was like, wow, that that's cool. And and when he did it, he threw down his own check, five grand, five G's from the Mooch, 
laid down, challenging the other coaches, come and, come and, come and do your part, right? And it's guys that are in a really great position. Generally, the coaches well paid in the NFL, right? It's, it's not like it's a whole lot of sweat, but it's, it was a good challenge. And um, shortly afterwards, they came back from a break and um, talked about Matt Patricia. Uh, he rolled in there and he very quietly dropped off what has been termed a generous check. And then uh, Eisen was like, come on, stay, stay. Let's talk about it. And he's like, no, 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 no. Didn't want to hang around for the cameras and that, which I, I think the Detroit media would probably not be surprised by that move. But <laughs> he didn't want to stick around for all the stuff that comes with it, right? He just quietly wanted to do do something nice and then go about his business. And it was like, that's really cool, right? It's another very, you know, very Detroit, very kind of Michigan thing to do. And I was like sitting there, I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to write a check. I'm going to, that's it. They, they convinced me, right. That I, I want to do it. And I was like, you know, I could, and that would be great. And I started to say, but how could I do more than just write a check? Right. And then it started kind of that, the idea started rising about, about our listeners and the show. And, and I just, you know, I kept thinking about these families as a, as a, as a parent, right. Um, the most important thing in your life is your kid. When we did our move, that none of the other stuff mattered, mattered except getting my boy well set in a good spot and all that kind of stuff. And and for parents to get hit with like the most tragic possible news ever, you know these this this these guys at St. Jude, they're the ones that are there to make it all okay and uh, and do their best they can to make it all okay. And and they're there for these people, the worst point in their lives. And I was like, we've got to do something about this. We've we've got to take this challenge. And so I was like, you know what? I got an idea called up case and, and, and kind of told him my thinking and he was like what'd you say case <laughs> hell yeah that's exactly what you said <laughs> and so we started cranking on it and, and getting this launch so in the course of and it was this was the most intensive week my last week of work but in between at nights and over the weekend here and everything else we built this out we did some beta tests with our uh, our patreon people in slack it started out with with one piece and now it's it's since grown into something pretty major so we want to talk to you guys about this this is our opportunity this is this is going to be our challenge to you i talked about these people and and and, and where they're at and, I, and I, I can't even imagine i've been lucky not to have been put in that position but i can you know i have the empathy to understand how how heartbreaking that could be so we're challenging you guys just like mariucci challenged the coaches it's time to challenge the fans so we got a three-pronged attack and here's what we're doing i'm putting my money where my mouth is okay so First off, a direct donation opportunity. I'm taking all the Patreon stuff from the month of March and the month of April. Everything we get donated from that to the show, we're giving that directly to St. Jude as a part of this. We're not keeping anything. And as a matter of fact, Patreon takes a cut. I'm going to make up the difference in the cut so that it's just a flat donation amount that goes straight in. Anything we get beyond what's in Patreon right now, I'm going to match dollar for dollar for $500. And then... I was talking to because we've been putting this all together. Sandman stepped up and said, you know what? Starting at 501, I'm going to put the next $500 of matching money into the thing. So we're, we're looking somewhere around $1,600, $1,700 just out of our money that we're putting into this. And uh, we're asking you, hit the Patreon. It's very trackable. It's got all the right stuff to make sure that, you know, we, we, we know how much money it is and that it's all going to the right place. So just put it in the Patreon, set up a donation. You can break it up across two months. So if you, you know, you can only give this so much this month, next month you could do the same if, you, if you're available. We want to make it as, as easy for you to give as possible to help these families out. So that's, that's, that's step number one. Number two, and this was in work in the works before. We've been working on this for about a month and a half. Uh, we were going to roll out this week a new merchandise store. Uh, all new t 
T-shirts available right now. There's going to be phone cases and, and other things as well available. Hats, the whole whole shebang. Podcast stuff, really, really sweet merch. Um, again, we did a, uh, the beta test on the system, the checkout, the whole thing with our our Patreon people, and they are stoked about the content and, and the designs and stuff, so it's really great stuff. We were going to launch that anyway. We decided, forget it. A dollar from every shirt sold is going to go directly into the pot for the uh, donations to St. Jude. So go. We we like to do this. We like to you know get a way to get money donated by doing something you were going to do anyway, right? We talk about that. That's what this is all about. You come away with a nice shirt, a pretty kick-ass shirt. There's a lot of really good designs. You can click on them and see multiple colors available too uh, on the site. It's DetroitLionsPodcast.com/store. It's also available on the main menu and uh, 14 different designs of shirts, all printed in Detroit as well. We made sure that uh, we got this stuff done local. So there you go. Go ahead and go on there. You can order it. It's PayPal checkout. You can use a credit card and all that, but there's an overhead and a cost with Stripe and all the other stuff that we didn't want to put in place. Dollar from every sale, every shirt goes to this as well. So that's the second way. Then the third way came to us and we started reaching out to some of our people and uh, we decided we have something where maybe this is where the the real money can come in. Um, We're going to do an auction and we got some pretty amazing stuff. One of the things we were talking about is a uh, dinner with uh, Riz and Sandman and I will auction off a dinner. You get a free dinner out of it. You get to hang out with us three knuckleheads uh, during the t- training camp party. Case may or may not be there. He's they shooting. Hopefully be there. He is killing himself to try to do it. So Case may be part of this as well. But we don't, wanna, we don't ever want to promise something we're not going to deliver. So that's where we're at. Dean Blandino reached out and he's looking some, for some stuff for us right now. He's talked about possibly coming up with a game used football that was used in the Super Bowl this last Super Bowl. So pretty, pretty sweet item there. You could get, we got a Billy Sims signed ball, uh, friends, um, at AWOL nation, the band, they're putting a package together to try to get to us as well. And of course, Brian B in his just (laughs) unlimited generosity for my prevail. I prevail is putting together a big kit for us as well. We've got some other things in the works. We're trying to put together. Blandita's doing some other things he's working on as well. Um, but we're going to put some, an auction off hundred percent of the money for the auction goes directly to, uh, St. Jude shipping and everything that comes out of my pocket. So don't worry about all that stuff. This is, this is it. So I'm, I'm putting in, you know, over a grand on this. My goal is for us to get over 10 G's and, uh, and do our part. If we can do more than that, that would be spectacular, but, but help us out. This is the thing we're taking our money, putting it towards it. Join us. You can get some amazing stuff out of this. Like I said, the spirit of, you know, helping something out by doing something you're going to do anyway is alive and well right here. Join us, help St. Jude's. Let's take this this rich eyes and run rich run and let's take it to the to the fans level and show people what lions fans and people in detroit people in michigan are really about you know we saw it with mooch we saw the embodied with uh patricia's donation let's let's do our part here and and really make it something special and and if you're in a position where you don't have anything to give take a moment use your social media tell your friends tell your neighbors facebook wherever you can go you know i'm not i'm not mr social media i don't i don't do that as well as a lot of people out there but I want to rely on you folks to help get the word out and help people help us out. So you're going to see the auction come up a week from today. It'll be up on the 19th of March, and that's going to start up, and we'll have that uh, kick off then, and there'll probably be some items that are added after that as well. Uh, help amplify this. Get the word out there. Um, the merchandise store is open right now, DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store, and uh, there should be a link on the main page by the time you hear this as well. And also Patreon, anything to Patreon in, that we collect at the end of March, which is collected early April, and that we collect for April, which is collected early May. 
um, that's all going. And we'll put it together. We'll get a picture of the check. We'll put the whole thing out and uh, let everybody see. It all culminates, though, at the draft. Uh, the auction will be ended at the draft before the draft, and we'll announce the winners of all the great stuff that we have there. So that's going to be on our uh, YouTube live draft party dra- broadcast that we do. So don't miss that. So anyway, thank you all for for kind of listening to this. We we really, like I said, I was inspired. I'm 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 putting myself into this, but I wanted to make it more. Um, this is a great cause who helps people who really are at a time when they need it the most. So so help us help them and be be cool and uh, and make things go. Anything else you want to add, Case? I know I did a lot of talking there, and uh, it wasn't necessarily football stuff, but I think it was good. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, you covered it. We're uh, I'm excited we're doing it. So. I'm looking forward to see the results. All right. Well, let's move on. That's uh, that's the big deal. I think, guys, I, this is the biggest thing I think we've ever done. And I'll, and I'll leave it at that. And I, I hope you take part and, and help help us help people out. So, all right, let's talk about something. There's a little bit of news in the Lions this week. I guess, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have to do a show. But this whole free agency thing is supposed to, I mean, I don't know. People, Never heard some, of it. Some people are talking about it. So, I don't know. We, we should probably cover some of it. Uh, we'll start off with the... Uh, well, let's start off by saying none of this is real. Well, one is real because he was cut. But until the ink is on the paper uh, at 4 p.m., none of this is real. Um, the Jets learned that with Anthony Barr. As much as I wanted Anthony Barr to be <laughs> over in Jets land, he's he's staying with the Vikings after he Charlie McDaniels them or whatever. But Josh McDaniels, I'm sorry. All right, let's talk about it. So speaking of things in New England, something smells beautiful. Trey Flowers joins the crew. Case, is this uh, something to be happy about? Yeah, definitely. And uh, ultimately, we didn't know the price tag right away. And uh, <laughs> I got accused the other day of, of um, sounding less like a fan and more like a, a coach. Um, and I don't, I don't think that was intended in a flattering way. Uh, I was going to say, wow. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, because every single signing, it doesn't, you know, every single one, I'm waiting until I know the details before I know whether or not I'm, uh, I'm happy with the signing. And at the time that we're recording this, this is, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Um, we, we got details on the Trey Flowers signing. Uh, we haven't gotten details on most of the signings yet, uh, that have, that have happened so far. And, and for all we know, there'll be a lot more going on in the next 24 hours before this, you know, before everybody's listening to this anyway. So, um, we're doing our best, you know, to give you guys as up-to-date information as we can. But, um, when the, when the news dropped that, that we signed Trey Flowers to 16 to 17 million a year, I mean it seemed like slightly below market value for a, for a player like him. Um, and, and we're going to talk, we're going to talk through a lot of these guys with the Riz later. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, ultimately, ultimately it came out that it was 18 million a year and, and the, the contract is structured in a way that it, it's very heavily back ended, which um, is not always a good thing. Uh, except that it get, does give us the flexibility if he's struggling after a few years that that they have the option to cut him or extend him at that point uh, to alleviate the cap space issue at that point. Um, but it's uh, it is market value. It is exactly market value for for a guy like him. And you know, I know that a lot of people out there immediately after we signed Trey Flowers, probably went out and Googled Trey Flowers. You think? And saw that he had... Go ahead. I think he was probably the least Googled of all the guys we picked up. Maybe. 
Maybe, maybe. Although, I mean, everybody knows who Danny Amendola is, but. Uh, maybe, maybe. There's just but, not so much Tree Flowers talk. I feel like everyone's pre-Googled. Right, right. right. Probably, probably. Everybody knew about the 7.5 sacks. And then, and like, you look at that and as, um, and again, we're going to talk about it at the risk, so I don't have to get that far into it. It's, but the 7.5 sacks is not a good indicator. It's really not a good indicator of the quality of talent we signed at the position. Um, or the because, impact he's going to have on this team. Right, right absolutely, absolutely. Uh, because A, uh, sacks are a fluky stat. Uh, that is highly reliant on the players around you. It's highly reliant on the on the situation you end up in. It's uh, it's it's not a good. Uh, it's it's like interceptions. Um, now, I mean, you could look at a guy like Slay and a guy like Lawson, and you can pretty easily tell the difference between you know who's a ball hawk and who's not. So, I mean, there is that. But there's a lot of gray area in there. There's a, it's not like every year of his career, Slay has led the league in interceptions or anything like that. But he's really good at it. Um, that's what I'm talking about with sacks and and the system you're in, the players that are around you that affects you know the ultimate. It, it it's the easiest. It's the easiest stat to look at for a pass rusher. So I understand that if you looked at his stats as a pass rusher and saw 7.5 sacks, you'd say, well, that's not that impressive. Well, that's not impressive. (laughs) But but there's a lot, there's a whole lot more to being a pass rusher than, than the total number of sacks you've gotten and the amount of disruption you can cause for opposing quarterbacks, especially if you have other guys out there who can help Finish things. Can I just make a very easy comparison for Lions fans on this one? Yeah, because I think I got it. And Damakong Su, right? He was always double teamed. He was he was tearing, but he was always double teamed. That meant somebody else had a better shot at getting through there. Absolutely, absolutely. He makes this whole line better. You put snacks. You put him, Ashawn, Deshawn, Aquara. Canard, you look at that, that dude, that's a deadly, I mean, we, I, I, okay, I, I'm sorry, this just came to me, this just came to me, I just came up with the name that I think I might want to float out there for, for our, our front seven, you ready? The seven deadly sins, the seven deadly oh. sins, <laughs> right? I mean, that is all of it, they are there, snacks, he's avarice because he's eaten, or no, that's gluttony, gluttony, right? <laughs> We're gonna, I'm gonna put something like this together. This sorry, this we'll, just we'll, this work po- we'll work on it. We'll work on it. The seven deadly sins of Detroit, baby. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out and get back to you guys. But no, good. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I understand that you know people want to look at a stat sheet and see the most impressive numbers they can possibly see, and that that's not Trey Flowers at this point in his career. But it's also important to remember the dude's incredibly young. What is he, 25 right now? Mm-hmm. He is not peaked. He is not peaked. And, it, you know, I, I saw a comment on Reddit uh, that said something like, well, if Lions fans are hoping for a 10-plus sack guy a year, they're going to be disappointed. Hmm. Well, first of all, <laughs> First of all, it will be not be a shock if he becomes a 10, 10 plus sack guy a year. The number of pressures he's been putting up, um, it, you don't 
it's as fluky a stat as any other, you know, defensive stat. It's like, it's like fumbles recovered. It, it only takes a few times for something to, you know, go minutely a different direction for that, that, you know, to get wildly blown out of proportion one way or the other. And, and let's face so, it, the jokes on that guy, we've been wildly disappointed before. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we lose every week. We lose every week. Um, but uh, on top of that, not only is he one, not only was he the best pass rusher in free agency this year, and that is including Anthony Barr, uh, that is including, oh God, uh, Houston, that DJ. and Smith who went to the Packers. I mean, he Trey Flowers was the best, and I, I think that's a relatively consensus opinion. He's the best pass rusher in free agency this year, and you're going to have to pay a premium for those guys. Uh, that it's going to seem like an overpay right when you pay him. But talk to me again in a few years and see where his contract's at and see, you know, what other guys at the position have gotten. And then tell me again that he's crazy overpaid because the vast majority of the time, as long as it wasn't a massive overpay, which there's no indication whatsoever that this was a massive overpay. This was, you know, he got, he's getting less per year by a couple million than Khalil Mack was. And I'm not trying to say that he's as good a player as Khalil Mack is, but uh, that's, you know, that was a bar that was set last year. And so if you, as long as you're coming in under that, you know, you're not, nothing is so uh, absurdly ridiculous. Um, but not only is he a pass rusher presence, but he is also an incredibly good run defender. So you've got a complete player on an edge, a guy who fits the system, fits the, he understands the coach. And, and I know that that pisses some people off about the whole Patriots thing. You're going to have to get over it. And, and, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and guess what? I mean, the only way that your anger about that uh, situation is justified is if it doesn't work and if it doesn't work then it makes sense and but if it works it makes sense and if you think about right the anger it, it really it, it's simply distilled down this to- guy needs a and i'm gonna find him and just give him a big <laughs> i think it was a hug that time right so those yeah. angry people just need a hug that time it's nice that yeah, we can just absolutely. kind of fill in the blank on that. Okay. Trey Flowers, I think it's a great signing. I think um, the way the money works, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It it just winds up being just right. And uh, good job. Good job for Bob Quinn. Uh, speaking of good job for Bob Quinn, there's a great, great T-shirt about that. Let's move on. Justin Coleman. <laughs> Justin Coleman. Uh, he's a guy. I think here's a guy that a lot of people went Google crazy on because it was early. We hadn't announced Trey yet. Uh, we had talked about the guy we're, we're going to talk about next, and they're like, who the heck is this guy, and it should, how should I feel? Like, it was the whole Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands moment. And it's a situation uh, where I, I too, you know, uh, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him well enough to have a, you know, fully formed opinion on him. So when I saw the price tag, you know, the and, and the other issue again is that while we know what the total number is supposed to be over four years, we don't actually know how it's structured. We don't know how much of that is guaranteed at the time of this recording. By the time this recording comes out, we may know the details. Um, and that, that'll change everything because that's what's important. Uh, the total number doesn't mean that much if we only end up having him for two years and cutting him and have zero dead money. So that that's the important stuff. Yep. Um, it's time, it right? Is, like, like anything, and, and I hate to jump in on you, Case. sorry, but yeah, cool. it really is like, 
almost everything you look at here, you have to look at over the, the course of time. Even Stafford's contract. Oh, we paid him so much. Uh, talk to me three years, four years in and see how much you're paying compared to I mean, other it's quarterbacks. Already right? dipping. Right, right. It's just it's just dropping, dropping, dropping. It's just the, the nature of the beast. You sign them right away. It looks like a lot. And that's the way it is. Stafford's a little different. These guys, and again, we'll get to the cap update here shortly. It doesn't look like we're spending a whole lot of money early. And, and it doesn't mean you're spending all that money. Um, when you backload a contract on a guy when he's going to be 31, 32 years old, unless he's a superstar and killing it, he's likely not going to see that last year or the money associated with it. So you have to kind of think about these things over time and what it means over time rather than just in that one moment, much like the Golden Tate trade. Would love to still have him on the team, but in retrospect, the Golden Tate trade kind of looks like a pretty, pretty good deal that we got right now. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. Um, the next guy being Danny Amendola, and, and it was um, the the postseason miracle man. And uh, so it, it's a good signing if we make postseason. If not, it's, it's not good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's an interesting one in that uh, it, it was, again, it was a little bit more money than I would have preferred. But that is every offseason, every signing. And uh, if you look at the market, I mean, Beasley get seven plus million. Uh, that's that's at least two and a half million more than, than Amendola, unless Amendola hits some incentives, which could raise his, his price. But I mean, those incentives, I'm going to guess those are incentives that are probably out of his range, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it it's a stopgap. My biggest concern with the signing immediately after I heard it uh, was that that is not the guy that I was hoping for in terms of helping with red zone production. But then my brain, you know, I went and started doing his thing and ticking and ticking and ticking and thinking about red zone production and uh, what the problems were with red zone production under Jim Bob Cooter as, as the offensive coordinator and, and things like that. And, and I'm going to, we're one of the, one of the next few guys we're going to talk about here. will also come into this conversation, but um, my personal opinion is that Jim Bob Cooter was just not very good at calling red zone plays. Uh, and so that maybe some of the players like we ha- already have Marvin Jones and, and Kenny Galladay specifically might actually be able to produce a little more in the red zone. If the play calling is better, I don't necessarily think that either, especially Marvin Jones probably isn't like the best red zone guy, just because I don't know that he's physical enough, but Kenny as tall as he is probably could do better in that area uh, with a little bit more experience and with better play calling. Uh, we do have running backs who could who could do more in the past game in that area or and have in the past, including Riddick, who I at this point still hasn't been cut. And, and while I did predict that he would, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be right about everything. If they do bring him back, it would not surprise me at all to see Daryl Bevel try to use him in that role uh, as he was used uh, several years ago. Now that his profile is, you know, down again and now that he's not the focus of every you know defense again um so there that that does raise you know uh concern uh an an issue for me that i was concerned that i really want a guy in the slot who i thought could produce for us and and, uh, make get touchdowns and that has never been danny amandola's strong suit but at the same time it, it doesn't rule out at all the concept of 
trying to fill a, a slot position wide receiver who can do those kind of things. Yeah. Maybe not a, as a rookie, but you know, two three years down the line in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. He fills a needed gap. And it was, it was funny to see people's reactions when it first happened because it was the first thing that, that happened in the in free agency. Right. <laughs> people were like, what is it? Oh God. Um, but I think the, I think the best part, maybe it's not the best part, but the f- most fun part about the announcement was his social media post where he uh, his LFG and he puts on the, the, the tiger's hat and then <laughs> he's got charisma. I won't yeah, lie. Oh, yeah. I won't. I won't. And he doesn't. No one's talked about this, but in that video on his phone, the notification popped up that Justin Coleman was signed by the Lions too. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I missed yeah, that. everybody seemed to miss that. That was pretty good. That was that was excellent, excellent post. So I look forward to seeing more from him this year. All right, we'll move on. Uh, we've got another guy that we re-signed that was getting uh, courted by the the Minnesota Vikings and uh, Case. I love Zach Center. Is back. He is I back. Do. And do. did you know we have a shirt with just that loving quote on it? I'd heard. DetroitLionsPodcast.com nice. slash store. Dollar from every sale goes to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Anyway, let's talk about Zach Center. He's back. Is he our number two running back? He might be. He could be. <laughs> I, 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 as much as I agree with your love, I'm, I, need a num- I need another number two. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well. he, could play, he could break out. He could surprise. And, and that's the weird part. He's done well every time he's touched the ball. But I don't think anybody's confident that he's truly a number two back for, for this team. He comes out, he would surprise everybody again. And then it would be like a bunch of people like, yeah, I love Zach Center. Yeah, we fucking love him. And he's great and all that kind of thing. But I don't think that anybody truly believes that he's it. He's, he has to win everybody's heart over on it for that role. We need another one, right? He did a lot of good things, and he has done a lot of good things over his career. When he's been given extended opportunities, he's impressed. Uh, and unfortunately, he hasn't been given extended opportunities enough to show you know, long-term one way or the other whether or not he is uh, capable. But um, I'm certainly comfortable with him as a co-number two behind Carrion. Uh, it, 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 it is truly a case where I expect them to draft somebody or sign somebody. Um, at this point, given that what's happened so far, I would lean towards likely drafting someone in the mid to late rounds. And, and at every year, every year, there are running backs that go in the mid to late rounds who end up outperforming their draft status. Um, and we just have to hope that that's the guy, you know, we pick up this year. Yeah. But much love, much love to Zach Center. I'm very happy he's still with the team. Yeah, it's it's awesome. He he's a great guy. He's the one you want to root for. He's the one you want to believe in. You, I, I want him to be the number two. I would love for him to true. I would love for him to prove that he could be the number one running back for the Detroit Lions. I really would. It would be. It would just be awesome. Um, I don't know why. It's it funny would that prove we have me this right about a lot of things in the past too. <laughs> I would like that. I don't know why. There's something. There's just something about him that he doesn't carry that that same kind of. Um, I don't know if it's because he's from you know a Dakota school, or <laughs> or what it is. But uh, well, he doesn't he, carry that kind of. He never. He never brags. He's never. You know. No it, social media presence. Right? Yeah. So yeah. He, it's real easy to like him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
All right, uh, we'll move on. Next thing we want to talk about, and this is this is we're gonna, we're going to spend some time focusing on him because uh, there's a lot of a lot of players we picked up. We decided here for the next couple of weeks ahead of the draft, we're going to focus on one or two free agent pickups that we got here and kind of go a little bit deeper on them. Um, we have a gunslinger at quarterback. Evidently, we have a gunslinger playing tight end now, and he didn't rob the train of all the gold. We still have money to spend. Jesse James, tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers, case. It was funny in the in the Slack, a lot of people talking about it, trying to figure out where he fits, what it means. You were one of the first ones to say, you know, guys, this is a heck of a lot better than people are talking about. <laughs> um, I was so focused on Kyle Rudolph that I, I didn't give the amount of time to Jesse James as a, as a potential free agent target as I should have. I was with you. Now, let me ask you, there's no news on Rudolph yet, though, is there? No, no, they haven't cut him. They haven't and, cut him, and they haven't signed him. No, uh, well, I mean, he was. Well, he's he signed still for one more year. Contract. Yeah, for one more year. Uh, and so it's it's still possible they could decide to cut him if they really want to. You know, if they if they're really looking to you know someone else. If they're paying Anthony Barr. Well, and that already mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Well, but, it doesn't happen yet, right? There's right. still time that's, for this to, to finagle around. This is, all fluid. this is all fluid, and by the time you guys hear this, who knows what the hell is But they've pulled Anthony but. Barr back out of the hands of the Jets, which means, in my mind, Kyle Rudolph is is a lot more in play maybe than he, he might have been. But go ahead. Let's talk maybe. about Jesse James. Maybe. Let's talk about Jesse James. Maybe. Can you imagine um, Jesse and Kyle? But, but I just didn't, I didn't give him the time uh, that I otherwise might have. I, I always considered him my top like current free agent tight end, but I was so focused on the idea of Kyle Rudolph getting cut and signing Kyle Rudolph that I just truly didn't look into Jesse James as much as I should have. Let me like, okay, so let me give you you guys a little bit of rundown on Jesse James. He's 24 right now. He'll be 25 at the beginning of the season. So he's incredibly young. It's his fifth season in the year in the, in the NFL, excuse me. Um, that's ideal. You can't possibly ask for a better situation than that for, an, for a free agent to get them that young because they've been in the league for a few years, but there is still tons of room for growth. So that is ideal. He's six, seven. I don't remember. Uh, I think, it, I mean, Foria was six, seven, six, eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah, six foot nine. Tall inches. guy. Yeah. Do you remember how well Stafford? did with Foria in red zone situations really well. (laughs) He's a tall guy throwing kind of dude, right? He's a big dude. He's a big dude. And and he almost doesn't look like he's six, seven on tape. So maybe he's not, maybe he's not, maybe he's six, six and a half or something like that. I don't know. But, but Stafford um, does well with tall people. Calvin, remember? And the way that Calvin would elevate, remember the Bengals triple covered and just elevate. I mean, Cal, Stafford does well with receivers like that. Absolutely. I, I, and I do think that's, that was something that's been lacking in their red zone uh, situation. Now, I talked about with Danny Amendola, how I was hoping that we get somebody in the slot that was a little bit more, a little bit better uh, capable in the red zone than Danny Amendola. Mm-hmm. And when you look statistically, Jesse James doesn't have a ton of touchdowns. He's got uh, two last year, three the year before, three the year before. Um, but I truly believe that's uh, a 
indictment on you know his usage and, and maybe not even indictment that that might not be fair the, the the Steelers had an elite group of skill players they didn't have to use him there that often but at six seven he's three inches taller than Kenny Galladay he's a big boy yeah and yeah. we've seen in the past that Stafford can use that so it it, it really depends on you know projecting exactly how well Daryl Bevel as the new offensive coordinator will do with the guys he has is, is tough to do. It's very tough to do. It's very difficult to, to know how a guy coming in will, will use the guys he has, but that is a tool right there that could be extremely effective in a way that it would not shock me if we were looking at six, seven, eight touchdowns for, Jesse James on the year. If they were not using him in the back of the end zone at times when they're near the goal line, if they weren't using him on short passes, you know, at the, you know, if they're on offense at the eight yard line, if they want to try to get him the ball at the three and see if he can push it in because he's a big, strong dude, that would not surprise me. Can I, if can you even look at this last year, go ahead. I, I, there's one other thing that I, I, I want to touch on here. And especially for the Ebron pain I had, this is the, the, the thing that makes this such a great tight end for me. And it's the catch percentage. Oh, God, his catch percentage is great. Absolutely right? great. One of the tops. One of the tops in the league, right? And if you even want to criticize Stafford, which is, you know, that's okay. If you want to criticize Stafford for the arm he has, the way to combat that in bringing in free agents is to bring in guys who have incredibly good hands. And Jesse James has incredibly good hands. Think about that. You, you, you know, Stafford was putting balls on, uh, on uh, Ebron's hands and he couldn't hold on to him. Right. And it's straight up. He couldn't hold on to the ball for, for the life of him. All of a sudden we have a tight end playing a role where he can actually move the chains because he'll hold on to the ball. Stafford can put the ball through, you know, Stafford windows and all that stuff. This this could bode exceptionally well. And I think the combo between him and Amendola takes some of the pressure of, of who you're going to cover off of Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay with the separation issues. This gives us some opportunities now to move the ball and, and make the defense pick their poison a little bit. And look, if we check down to Jesse, he's going to catch the damn ball, and I'll take those four to eight yards every single time. I see Jesse James as a – he's getting paid – right now, right at this moment by the Lions, um, assuming this all goes through, uh, I think is about the 15th highest paid tight end in the league. 15th. So it's not that high. It would not shock me in the least to see him top 10 in production yeah. uh, between between yards and touchdowns combined, however you, however you decide to you know, merit those things. It wouldn't shock me in the least. Um, I went back and watched a lot of his tape uh, or at least some of his tape from these last two years. And even though he didn't come away with more touchdowns than he did, he was close on many. And obviously, you know, he's known for the, the you know, the one that got overturned. And obviously now, as uh, most people know, that that would now be a touchdown. Yeah, and so you could you could say he had three touchdowns in the last three seasons, and and that would be unfair. Um, but there are a lot of other times where he got thrown to in the end zone. 
Um, and it didn't necessarily work out in his favor, but like he drew a flag from the opponents or things like that. And that's, you know, almost equally as valuable. Uh, so, you know, you could, you could say he was responsible for more touchdowns than he actually scored. And, and that's a huge part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am very, very, very happy with the signing. Um, it shocked me because I, 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 when I heard the news that we signed him, I was like, well, okay, I'm happy with that. Like that was kind of like the number two or number three guy that I was hoping we'd pick up this year. And then when I really dug into it, everything that I saw was great. And on top of everything else that we've already talked about, he's a great blocker. He is, the, he is a traditional tight end. He's not an Eric Ebron. There's nothing like Eric Ebron about Jesse James. He is traditional. And he catches the ball. While, <laughs> I, while, while I certainly see that there is a role uh, for non-traditional tight ends receiving tight ends in the NFL, if you have a really good traditional tight end, to me, that's still like maybe one of the most underrated positions in the whole league. And I think we got one. I think we got one. Doesn't mean I don't think we won't draft another tight end in the second, third, fourth. I do think it probably takes us off the Hawk train for for the first round, but that's a whole other conversation. Let me ask you this, Case, because we're going to get into the numbers here in a little bit. What if we put a Kyle Rudolph on the roster here before the end of free agency? God, we'd be in real good shape. We'd be in real good shape. It would be check down city, but we'd be in real good shape. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, that might free some other guys up, right? It's all about how many weapons they have. So, um, wow, wow. I'm very happy with it. I, I, um, I'm very excited to see what happens with his production. I, I feel similarly about this signing than I did after the Marvin Jones signing, in that I thought that uh, we had not seen Marvin Jones peak, and and while. Uh, well, we've seen peaks and valleys throughout his entire career. Uh, I, and that may be the same with Jesse James, where there are highs and there are lows. I definitely think that his best years are yet to come with the Lions. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. All right, let me, um, let me ask you something. Okay, so we'll move on from the free agency signings. Great stuff. Thanks for that case. Um, I, I, I threw the... Kyle Rudolph bone out there because there's still some some pieces out there. Um, Mark Ingram from the Saints is is he's he's big and talked about. Um, the Saints uh, took Latavius Murray, and uh, that pretty much means that Ingram is out. Um, what do you think? Is this a guy that we want to chase after? I, I, look, if I had my choice between Ingram and Rudolph, I'd probably take Rudolph. <laughs> And then find find somebody else. That, that's that's me. I think you might be the same way on that. Um, what do you think about Ingram? What's your what's your hopes and dreams where he where he lands and does he do anything for us? I just think it's really unlikely, just because I think that his price tag is going to be too high. Um, I'm not in favor of paying a ton of money to running backs at this point in time, um, even if the draft class isn't like stacked. I think that uh, with the re-signing of Zenner, and, and I'm wondering, what I'm wondering at the time that we're recording is if we didn't hear about the Ingram news uh, that was probably invalidated by the uh, Zenner re-signing, which isn't to say that I don't think Ingram is a better running back than Zenner because I think he, he is. But I think uh, at this point in time, I would be shocked if it was uh, if, if we made a major signing at any point at the running back position and it wasn't uh, you know in the draft where we found our you know number two 
a number two a slash b or number three yeah yeah absolutely okay so we'll move on from there we'll go to there's a cap update that just rolled through from dave burkett against again a lot of this stuff is moving fast and things are moving while we're recording but we wanted to get this in here because it helps give you an idea of where things are our cap hit this year seems to be pretty light, when, even with some of the big names and big uh, expenditures we have here. Um, you're talking 6.149 for Flowers, 2.282 uh, for Jesse James, 4.484 for Amendola, and 1.789 for Aquara. Um, that's, that, I, that really leaves us the opportunity to get yourself to get ourselves an Ingram or a Rudolph. Or we are still in the game. Even an Anthony Barr, we're we're still in the game for a big signing here. So something you never know, right? Nothing until the ink's on the paper. It's not real. Yeah, you're so, right. You're not wrong. You're so wrong. we'll see. I don't want to put unrealistic expectations, but you know, expectations are are good to have. So um, there's money available. Uh, still to spend, so we could still do another big splash. <laughs> it definitely surprised me to see the projected numbers for year one on these guys because I expected them to uh, take a little bit more this year and stretch it out. Uh, so Bob Quinn throwing a, throwing a little bit of wrench into my expectation of, of him. And I should say, you know, on top, uh, that what I've said about Bob Quinn is anybody thinks they know Bob Quinn too well, you're wrong. You don't know Bob Quinn that well, and I think this has been a good indication of that. And I think that uh, the amount of space they've left over for themselves still lends themselves to a market that it's going to have some deals in it near the end. And the way um, he managed the team, the space they had going into free agency this year, he he he's no he's no idiot. He he knows yeah. what he's doing with the money. He, he obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always difficult to know how these things are going to play out in the long term. I mean, I don't think that's a shock to anybody. Um, it, if any of these players that he's given large guarantees to are, you know, end up being duds, that's, that's a problem. That's a real problem. But there isn't anything he's done so far this season, this offseason. Like I said, there were some surprises this offseason from him. And, and so, again, if you thought you knew Bob Quinn erase what you thought you knew because he's not going to be pigeonholed into one type of guy into um, I thought for sure, you know, and I will admit, you know, after the first three seasons of him as, as a GM, I thought I knew exactly his step-by-step and there were, it's not a surprise to me, the guys he signed it's that he signed all of them and when he signed them. Um, okay, so here's one of the more interesting things for me. Uh, when you take guys like he took early, right away in free agency, when you make them the offers right away, you there is an upside and there's a downside. There's a possibility that if you do that, do it that way that you're overpaying for them. But there's also a possibility that you're setting a market. And that everybody else afterwards is going to be above it or, or you know, basing theirs off of him. Uh, Trey Flowers is a good example. Uh, he got a, you know, a, a market size deal. Uh, the Packers, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit around division later, signed a defensive end from the Ravens. And they, they gave him almost as much as we gave Trey Flowers and he's nowhere near as good. And that's a, you know, that's a benefit of getting in early on the system, uh, on the free agency 
you know, bandwagon with these guys is that you have the opportunity to hit the market before it explodes. Um, before the jets, you know, try to throw many, many, many more dollars at a guy than he's worth. Um, not that I think CJ Mosley isn't a great player, but inside linebacker is not worth what they paid the guy in the market. And, uh, but at the same time, now they haven't inflated the market. And so anybody else at that position, if there was anybody else at that position that was any, you know, anywhere near his value, uh, that guy would also get, you know, uh, the Jets also offered a lot of money, Anthony Barr, and uh, the Vikings were able to re-sign him and, and at a cheaper cost than what the Jets would have paid him because he wanted to stay in Minnesota. But at the same time, because the Jets offered him what they did, it inflated what the Vikings had to offer him to bring him back. So thank you, Jets, for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> great work, great work, Jets. Yeah, absolutely. No, so it's uh, it's been it's been interesting. It's been great. It's been a lot of news, drinking from a fire hose, but we love it, right? This is a great time of year, and uh, Quinn's Quinn's done a good job. I'll add one more point to what you said. You know, the thing about capology, there's a couple different things I've I've seen. One was really hilarious. Um, one person said that the salary cap is a social construct. <laughs> Oh, don't fall out of your chair, bud. Salary cap is a social construct. The other one, though, and this is when I, how I've been thinking about it. You know, it's all about this whole thing over time. And if you think all these different contracts is different size, kind of Lego bricks, right? And you're trying to build a wall that's a certain height out of these Lego bricks from left to right, and that that the left to right kind of is time, right? And you're like, okay, well, this one lasts this long. This is a shorty here, but it's it's taller, right? You put the different Lego bricks as a GM. You, you, number one, have to make the assumption that every dollar you spend is equal to a dollar's worth of talent, right? Um, maybe you get more value, maybe you get less value, but at the end, you get the full calorie, salary caps versus amount of talent, and you want to spend every dollar to get every dollar's worth of talent that you can. So you're trying to build that wall so that it's exactly across that. And this is probably a bad analogy just with everyone's politics these days, but it's not where it's from, so don't, don't think about that. But uh, you're trying to keep that level line right at the salary cap line, as close as you can. And sometimes your Legos a little smaller, but you can't have them bigger. And so you find these little gaps. And if you think of those gaps, that's money you didn't spend, and that's maybe t- a, a change in talent that you could have had. And as you think about it over time, it has to be flat and you have to keep it at that line quinn's been doing a good job with the timing on these contracts ensuring he has enough money and the right amount of money to go for free agency obviously like you said he's moving right off he's got a plan he's executing on that plan this is this is right now i you i know we've i check your your temperature every now and then i'm pretty soon going to turn to a rectal thermometer a clown sized one but uh the trust the trust in quinn thing here um at least with his his ability to manage the cap and manage the money and manage contracts so far has been quite spectacular. He's he's done a very very good job. So um, I do not miss Martin Mayhew by any stretch and uh, any of the any of the GMs before. So so good job on Quinn here. On that we'll move on to the next thing. You know we talk about these guys a lot, but I, I do want to make sure that I mention first. You know you want to get your gear. You want to get your Lions gear. You first want to stop off and get Detroit Lions podcast gear at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. 
com slash store and there's a great set of t-shirts there support the show uh show off your your love for the show and there's some pretty sweet designs that you just want to wear anyway uh and of course a dollar of every one of those goes to st jude children's research hospital so that's that's a good deal but there's the other gear that we can't get you we can't give you the official jerseys we can't give you the the picnic bench we can't give you the the ultra light with the detroit lions logos across the wings you've got to go to fanatics to do that where would you do that same place, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You would either click on the shop link, which is different than store, or you would just click on the little graphic for Fanatics that'll take you right over there. No funny stuff, no pop-ups, and uh, they'll present you with all the stuff. They say, wow, that Chris and Case guy, they're so cool. We're going to pay their bandwidth bill, and they kick some money over our way. So when you're looking for your Detroit Lions gear, there's going to be gear out Wednesday uh, from Fanatics with these players' names. You're going to be able to pick it up right away. So if you want a Trey Flowers jersey, Wednesday. We'll be there. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash fanatics. Head on over. Get your New Jersey for these guys and be be the first one to support your gear and support your team that way. And do it by supporting the podcast, doing something you were going to do anyway. Okay, we'll move on. So we've got this kind of look at free agency, what's moving forward. There's still some pieces to move. The chessboard is still in action case. Let me just ask a very broad question right now, and we'll get more focused next week and as the weeks go forward. What does everything we've seen happen so far, what does that mean for the draft? It suggests a few things to me. Um, A, I don't think that Hawk is the likely pick in the first round uh, because I think... Because signed Kyle Rudolph. Right. (laughs) Because I think (laughs) I'm teasing you with that. I'm sorry. I don't necessarily think that there's no chance that they wouldn't, you know, want to add another uh, tight end that's going to be a major factor um, it's just that I, I think that they will be happy to give Jesse James the opportunity to be the tight end one. And I think that probably means that Hawk is, is out of the running at number eight, which as much as I like him, as much as I really do, and I think he's, he's likely to be a very good player, I still think number eight was probably like not the best value for that pick. Um, so I, I still view like Irv Smith in second or some of the guys that might be available later, uh, who m- might be good red zone weapons, which is still a thing we need is red zone weapons. Uh, I still think, you know, that's very much in play, but I just, I, I suspect that it means Hawk is likely out. Um, the signing of Trey flowers means we're not as desperate for edge rushers as we were Ziggy who it doesn't mean that I don't think that's still a strong possibility because if you can get two very strong edge rushers uh, on a team and we already have a good uh, you know interior defensive line if we could get Josh Allen uh, as a you know an, a, a mix between a uh, an edge and an off ball, you know, or, or st- a stand up linebacker in a three, four, that would be, I mean, the things they could do with that would be incredible. So, I mean, I'd love to see that. And I think they would love to see that. I certainly wouldn't rule that out. It does it. I do question the, uh, you know, whether or not Ed Oliver would be an option at this point, just because I think, you know, the interior is already relatively well set. He's so good that you'd still have to consider him. Um, but it does, it, it, it does raise the question about how much is edge a, a priority that it was before. 
which brings up the question of what are the priorities and and, and this whole thing is is feels like a, a set of dominoes. I'm not sure where the dominoes end because you could ask the question about cornerbacks, uh, but everything that we've heard up to this point makes it sound like that's not really a likely you know scenario to to go for an outside cornerback, despite the fact that, that may be the biggest need on defense right now. Um, so greedy and and Murphy and those guys, those probably aren't the picks at eight. Uh, so you flip to the other side of the ball. Does this mean that Jonah Williams, if he's there at eight, would be the pick? But they, it sounds like Bevel liked the offensive line pieces they already had too. This is the most uncertain I've been. And I really did think it was Pharrell. Uh, Pharrell. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I should know how to pronounce his name by now, but I'm, I'm probably doing it wrong. Um, that's, that's our trademark. I really did think it was him. And only him, and then Trey Flowers signed, and and that that changed everything. So I'm more uncertain about this draft in terms of the direction they're going to go uh, than I have been at any point recently. Uh, I was shocked by the Frank Ragnell pick last year, but it wasn't. I was not shocked at all at the position they took this year. I am really, I am really unsure where they're going to go. Ready for anything, huh? I hope it's not DK, just because I think DK is about as overrated as it gets. But Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot to watch for. Um, heading up to the draft, let's talk about some of the dates heading into there. Uh, March 13th is the end of the legal tampering period, and the league year begins on the 13th. Uh, must be under the cap. And then we actually start inking deals at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's when all this stuff really starts to take focus, and, and we know what, what all this talk and all these this posturing means. Uh, 24th to the 27th of March is the annual league meeting. Uh, Dean Blandina will be our on-site reporter with all the details. He'll be covering that from the inside for us because Dean is the man. Uh, also, April 15th, here's, we start talking. We start really thinking about football again. The Lions could begin workouts, and uh, we'll be watching that. And then, of course, April 25th, the draft. That's the day where the charity auction will end, and you guys are going to be stoked. I'm telling you, there's some great, great stuff being donated. If you have anything to donate for that auction, any Lions gear, merchandise, that kind of stuff, please contact us um, via the website, or you can just send an email, contact at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Uh, draft day, we'll have our live broadcast. We'll announce the winners of the auction, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of really, really good stuff, a lot of action coming up. But now it's time to go around the Ed Lion, that's the, that's I Prevail right there, Case. They let us use their music because they're so cool. Um, that's it. The big around the division, division drop right there for Case to bring it on. We Woo. didn't do the bass drop that time. Sorry, but I Prevail's got their new album. Sorry. Right. I want to punch that. You. Thanks, man. I pre- Case, that's what makes you so great. You forgive my transgressions. It's all you do is forgive, forgive, <laughs> forgive, forgive. It's all you do a whole show long, and I appreciate that, man. <laughs> all right. So we will... Um, Start. Actually, we're going to reverse the order. What? We are going to start at the top with the Bears this week. You mean the Lions? And, uh, <laughs> oh, we already did. We did the Lions off the top. So now we can go down to number two right. and talk to the Bears. I got it. Got it. Right, right. Um, 
nothing. They got nothing. <laughs> they have lost two. Uh, they've Williams lost Trump. one significant player, and another one is almost certainly out the door in uh, Adrian Amos, who went to the Packers, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, Bryce Callahan, their uh, slot corner, two blows to their secondary. And and I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, and, and this was not a shock. They don't have any any money to spend. Uh, they, they did move some money around to open up a little bit uh, by pushing uh, some of Cleo Mack's guaranteed money back a little bit. Uh, but that's just going to bite him in the ass later on. Uh, it's still not enough to make any major moves. It's enough to fill in a little bit of depth. Um, but it, it'll be a shock to me if, if anything of like major significant comes of any of that. They're losing two better players than they're going to be able to afford to replace. Um, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a knock to that secondary. That that was not necessarily the strength of their defense, but was pretty solid last year. So, uh, I it, you think they're falling? If, you're, yeah, you're st- I know your stock was falling on them anyway because they stayed healthy. But free agency hasn't been kind of them, and we've seen the moves they make in the draft. Um, uh, Trubisky's Pro Bowl performance is the performance that I look at and says that and say that's the real Trubisky. I mean, that that just feels like who he really is. Um, they can't do the same. They can't be as good next year as they were. If last the year, chips right? get down at all, I do not expect Trubisky to be able to elevate them above. No. Um, and, and so, yeah, yeah. As I've mentioned many times, I do think that their health is going to be a major factor. And I know that I'm biased against the bears. I might even be more biased against the bears than I am the other teams in the NFC North. So, I, so you could take that however you want to, but it really does look if I, if I was, about to place money on something that the bears would finish at eight and eight or worse. I might be willing to put money down on that. I know they have, I know they have good players. I know I do. I do know that I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend they don't, but if even a few of those players get hurt this year, unlike last year where none of their important players got hurt, that's, that's enough to crash a team like that, that, that does not have the foundation on offense to, to make up for it. So um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's fun to watch Bears fans think that Ryan Pace will continue the uh, uncharacteristic uh, or, or lucky success he's gotten out of a couple of uh, mid, mid and late round talents in drafts since they don't have any early talent, any early picks in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you asked, if you asked the majority of bears fans right now, they'd tell you, Oh, he'll, he'll find starters for our, you know, our holes in the third, fourth round when we have picks. Yeah. 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 Uh, when you guys, yeah. I mean, good luck with that guys. Um, I'll play the odds and say that that's unlikely myself. Okay. Okay. That's my pessimistic feeling on the Bears. Yeah. No. And I hate them too. I, I there's so you know it's funny because I know some really one of my best friends out in in California was a Bears fan. Um, but by the same right. and we had fun, you know, poking each other and had the families get together for the games and stuff like that. But one of the uh, the things I know about the Bears is they have the highest percentage of meathead fans. Um, of the of the other division rivals, I don't know why there, there's just a, a broader extreme. The, the the Packers fans I've known have been generally just despicable, but um, there's there's a, there's a whole new level of the the Bears idiocy at the at the far end of the the, the dopey fan spectrum. So I'm with you. On I don't the, know that the Bears I can argue with that. 
All right. So that means we want to next move to so we, the Packers. Oh, no. No, the Vikings. Oh, the yeah, Vikings. yeah. I forgot. Down, down bottom Packers. Gotcha. And I, I was... I was ready to crap all over the Vikings and they managed to pull this move off with Anthony Barr. Um, that was a really good thing. So the only major piece they're losing this year is Sheldon Richardson. The problem for the Vikings remains the problem they already had, offensive line. They don't have any real money to spend on, on major improvements on the offensive line. They cut Mike Rimmers and, and I can't really blame them for that. He was not good at all. Uh, it was, it was, a highly questionable signing in the first place. I think, I think even Vikings fans more or less unanimously were like, why the hell are we signing this jackass? But, um, they are in okay shape if they do any development. And if they get a few guys back from injury, Nick Easton, the center, if he comes back and he can play, that's a boom that, you know, that's a feather in their cap. I I might I might predict if I had to predict that the Vikings will be the winners of the NFC North this year mm-hmm. because I think last year was a down down year and even though I don't think that highly of Kirk Cousins I think they do have a lot of other good pieces I do think they have good offensive weapons especially if they hang on to Kyle Rudolph uh, and, and Dalvin Cook comes back healthy I think they've got they've got probably the best balanced defense even if it isn't the best overall in the division and uh they've they've just got too many playmakers on offense uh if they stay healthy um and uh that leads me down to the packers uh in third and they had a really productive uh um couple days in free agency stuff and not totally dissimilar to lions there's a lot to to uh like if you are a packers fan which i hope you aren't but (laughs) maybe we're so good case that packers fans can't help but listen (laughs) i hope so (laughs) but i hope you aren't Uh, i think i'm full of shit (laughs) i mean they did a lot that they signed a good I think that we got a better deal on Trey Flowers than they got on Smith, the uh, defensive end they picked up from the Ravens. But it wasn't a terrible pickup. It was market value, maybe a little bit above market value. I think Trey Flowers was a better deal where we got him, but that that's, you know, that might almost be splitting hairs. Um, they picked up a couple other defenders that I think are, are good players, and and we'll get a little bit more into them in depth in the in the coming weeks here. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on guys until I've had enough time to really dig into them, but guys who are worth probably worth what they paid them. Sure. Um. So that so they have a revamped defense that's going to be more interesting, and the question is whether or not the offense can spring back to life, and and that question relies heavily on Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers and whether or not Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy. If Aaron Rodgers can't stay healthy, which has been a little bit of an issue lately, then they immediately forfeit any chance they have a winning the division. Yep. But, All right. So there you go. That's the, uh, the, the, we'll talk, the more. we'll talk more around the division in the weeks coming. Yep. The Vikings. There they go. So, and, and, and I gotta say, I don't disagree. I, I think that they've got, Chicago and Minnesota both have uh, monetary issues facing them in the future. That's you know they they've made their push, and this is this is kind of the end of their going all in. I think before the the impact is is kind of cascades on down. 
Um, that'll do around the division this time. We'll have more on that. It's taken a little bit of a, a pause because divisional news and player news and so on has been light, but now's that season where it comes back. Again, we'll continue going deeper on some of the signings we get as we get them inked, give you some inside information and some some down low on, on what we know as well as some analysis around the players. Don't want to miss, don't forget, anytime you're going to go buy anything that isn't from our store or donated to the St. Jude's Charity, uh, head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and use that Amazon link. you got to renew your Prime. Use that link first. Um, Amazon's all, all kinds of great stuff. That's how I get just about everything. If you use the link on our site to get to Amazon, that tells them we sent you, and they give us a little kickback, helps out the show. It's your best way to help the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. All right, we're good. We're done with our part. Let's get into the Riz. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's Wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, that's right. You know who it is. It's Jeff the Riz, Risden, our superstar from RealGM.com. You may also know him from Lions Wire. He's got the Browns Wire. He's got the Lions Wire. Do you still haunt the, the Texans Wire? Do you still kind of show your face around there every now and then, Riz? You know, I still technically have editorial capabilities there, but I haven't used those in a little while. Is it because they forgot to take them away? (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) And that's okay. Save it for the big, big moment when it really counts, right? Right. Well, they just they just signed Bradley Roby to ten to a one year ten million dollar contract. So I'm kind of happy that I'm not covering them because that's <laughs> ridiculous money. <laughs> All right. So there's there's a little bit of news going on. I don't know if you guys noticed. Um, um, I think you even saw it on Twitter. I made almost made it that big. Uh, we signed a couple of guys, or I guess we're we're kind of have a handshake and a and a and a blood brother thing, but no no ink on a contract at this point. Is that how it works, Chris? <laughs> yeah, we nothing's official until four o'clock on Wednesday. The but, Jets uh, learned this the hard way. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Anthony Barr was going to be a Jet. Now he's back in Minnesota. I, I would have um, been happy with that. And then he McDaniels them. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice for him to leave. Although the money that they're giving him, that's that's a lot of money. But we're giving a lot of money to some guys too. My goodness, <laughs> Trey Flowers. This is five a, years, ninety is, million dollars, second highest crazy. paid edge in the in the NFL. Only Khalil Mack is going to make more. Not bad for a guy that had seven point five sacks last year. Now this is your thing, right? And and I know, and this is I'm. Um, I'm still processing all this. I, I have opinions, but they're they're divergent, right? You know how I am. I'm, I'm schizophrenic right. sometimes a little bit. One thing is like, damn, we paid we paid a lot of money here, right? But the yes. other thing is is well, you know, the way the the contract is structured, it's going to be less upfront. Um, over time, he'll look not nearly as expensive, and there'll probably be more expensive guys that get signed in the in the succeeding years. If he doesn't, you know, we'll see. He'll get three years out of it. And depending how he is after three years, he may not see the last part of that contract money. And, Which is the most expensive part by far. Right. And if he right. does, he's been damn good. So uh, I got to pay him that anyway. I don't know. I'm So in that in that regard, I feel pretty good. About it. It's it's almost like you got a sale price, but you still spend a lot that you weren't trying to spend. Right? <laughs> That's kind of yeah. where my head's at. I had a coupon, so I bought it. <laughs> yeah, th- and there's a lot of that going around in the NFL. It's not just the Lions with with Flowers, but for Flowers, I mean, I, I believe the the signing bonus is twenty eight million dollars, and that get that gets spread over the five years. Um, I'm not real good at math, but that seems like it's about five and a three quarter million dollar per year. So whenever they would get rid of him, should they want to get rid of him, it would cost that in dead cap. Um, right. I mean, there's other guarantees beyond that too. 
if we keep him four years and then cut him the way it looks right now, it would be about five mil, five and a half mil in dead money. So okay, and and that well, well, the hope is that you don't have to do that. Three. I mean, you're, you're signing a, a 25-year-old guy uh, who's yeah. who's one of the preeminent pass rushers, even though he doesn't have the stat, the sack statistics to show it. He's fantastic at generating pressures, and that's that's the biggest thing that the Lions lacked. They didn't have anybody who could generate pressure. They have guys who can finish, and now they have somebody who can originate these things. <laughs> that 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 that's a fun combination. Well, um, I I personally would prefer to pay more for guys who actually finish the job. And and I got into some some Twitter beef with some people on this and I tried to I recorded a video. It's on my YouTube page. It's on Lions Wire if you want to look at it and watch the whole thing. I'll try to explain it briefly here. When you get a pressure but don't get a sack, that can be a very bad thing when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, even Mitchell Trubisky, who's much better on broken plays than he has designed plays. <laughs> if if you're pressuring these guys and you don't finish that's a recipe for disaster if your cornerbacks aren't great. What if we got a cornerback? It ain't great other than Slay. So th- there, I'm worried about that. That now, now maybe he can finish more when he gets to Detroit. Maybe that'll be what what he needs. But uh, th- there is some risk there in in going hog wild in this. Oh my God, he generates so many pressures. It's going to be fantastic. Um, and and I do really like having Kennard and Okwara who can finish really well, but don't necessarily generate. So I'm happy with that. And that's that's some of my thinking is you got Deshaun Hand, you got Ashawn Robinson, you got Snacks, you got Aquara. It seems like that bit of pressure that we didn't get is is kind of like the straw that broke a camel's back, hopefully. Right. That, that's yes. the, the, the thinking and the hope looking when you line all these guys up together. The sum total is just going to be something special. Yes. And and run against that bitch. Come on. <laughs> that, that's, that's a phenomenal run defense. Oh, my goodness. Flowers is probably the best edge rush defender, run defender in the NFL. And we already saw what Snacks did. Uh, right. the, the yards per carry went down almost two yards per carry once he showed up. It really unlocked what Ashawn Robinson does best. Yeah. The, the run defense, as bad as it was at the beginning of last year, I expect it to be top five all year oh, next year, yeah. if not number one. Um, and, and, and if you remember, if, if you guys remember uh, 2014 when we had uh, the best run defense in the league, it actually made Tahir Whitehead look like a decent player. I so did. <laughs> to like what that does for you know guys like for, Dave. For, uh, for Jared Davis, heck yeah. 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 And, and I'm happy. Yeah. Yes, he is. And, and I think we saw last year that he can blitz well. I think when he shoots the right gap, he's deadly in that gap. It's just a matter of him finding the right gap. And I think having less attention getting out to him because the defensive line is so damn good. I think that that helps make Jared Davis a better player. Yeah. No, real quick. An investment there. Real quick. Uh, we got we got to get moving here. But um, I do want to say that I, I take a very different tack on the thought of the pressures. Uh, first of all, if you're the one creating the pressure, it's not always your fault that the sack doesn't get finished. You know what I mean? So oh, I, that's, that's um, absolutely true. And, and so it's great that, that some guys get the, you know, the higher totals. If you look back at uh, Ziggy's career, uh, for an example, uh, early in Ziggy's career, he was picking up a lot of, uh, you know, finisher sacks, a lot of effort sacks. And those are great. I have nothing against those by any means. But the truth be told, that was because nobody else was, you know, getting there for a long time. If you're creating that pressure and giving the opportunity to somebody else to get there, you're still creating the opportunity for the play to happen. You're also creating situations where, it, well, as you said, and I, I won't argue with that, you know, against some quarterbacks, that can be a problem where a broken play is almost a good thing for them. But at the same time, it can also lead to a lot of mistakes, things like 
turnovers and inner incompletions and, you know, whatever that kind of stuff that can also, you know, majorly impact a team. And he was number two in the league in pressures created last year. And that's nothing to scoff at. And he did it in a very familiar scheme. Yes. So that, that, that helps. There's no transition needed to figure out what he needs to do in a Patricia defense. He knows it already. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little bulky at the price tag. Although having seen some of the other price tags that are out there, I feel, I feel a lot better about it than than what I did then. All right. So Riz, uh, let's do this. We we didn't talk about this, but how about a grade, an overall grade on the Trey Flowers? An overall grade. I'm going to give it. Um, because they needed to make a splash, I think that earns it an extra like half grade. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give it a, a an A minus. All right, I'm that, happy. that's fair. All right, that's in the same ballpark I'd have been. Here's uh, this was the second one announced in uh, in this early no or free tampering period. Um, Justin Coleman, we picked him up, cornerback. Uh, not an outside cornerback, kind of a nickel corner. Um, didn't maybe fulfill the the most glaring need we had, especially you know after uh, Nevin Lawson's gone now, um, who kind of played inside and outside at the at the corner. No, never spectacular at either one. Never had an interception, but uh, <laughs> no, he did not. Justin Coleman. This was the second guy, and 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 people were starting to get ready to be underwhelmed, but really had to think about this. Where are you at on this, uh, Riz? What do, what do we know? Okay, he's a good player. I remember watching him at Tennessee, and I liked him a lot more. More than most draft Knicks did. Uh, and he got off to a slow start. He was a Patriot for his first two years, kind of got caught in the wash there, didn't really find a home. They had a slot guy at that time, so he didn't necessarily find it. He went out to Seattle, became the nickelback, um, not the bad band, but the good corner uh, for, for Seattle and did a very good job. He is a phenomenal tackler. I think that's the first thing. If you watch him play, dude does not miss tackles. Now, Nevin Lawson was also good at tackles. But what, what you're getting with, with Coleman is a guy who can make plays on the ball as well. He had 10 PDs last year facing fewer targets than what, than what Lawson did. So I, I, I'm happy with it. He had a pick six a couple years ago. He can catch the ball. He's a very solid all-around slot corner. He is not an outside player, and I don't want him playing outside. Neither do I. I and, I'm, and I'm worried that the lack of anything else right at the moment – um, will will force him outside, but I I, I think I, I I tend to trust Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia here that they're going to use him in the proper way. They know that he's a slot guy. He's the highest paid slot in the league now. Um, it's nine million dollars a year. I'll tell you from experience from what the other team that I cover last year, the Browns assigned T.J. Carey from the Raiders to be that. He got thirty one and a half million. He was terrible outside, but once they put him in the slot, he was like, oh my god. And the Browns defense really perked up with that. So I'm hopeful that Coleman can have that same kind of impact because he's a better player than TJ Carey is. Yeah, sure. So a couple couple quick things, um, reactions. At first, the, the idea you trust in Quinn. We've got a T-shirt for that. <laughs> <laughs> DetroitLionsPodcast.com store. Check that out. And uh, whole whole slew of designs. And that's what that's one. But the other the other piece you talked about was was uh, Lawson being a good tackler. Lawson's problem with tackling was he he began the tackling process before the ball ever got there all the time, and there was all kinds of hands and other things involved that drew flags that gave him yes. uh, yards that otherwise, um, in many cases, would would not have been obtained. So uh, this guy his his tackling is 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 much better. Uh, Coleman has has tackling at the right time as well as the right technique <laughs> and if you you know when the when the signing was first made i think everybody kind of had the same reaction um like boy that's a lot for a guy that i don't know that much about and then people started digging into it when you actually start digging into it you see a lot of things there that make a lot of sense uh the lions were one of the worst teams maybe the worst team in the league in terms of um, yards allowed per 
reception in the slot last year, something like 9.5 or something like that. And yeah, just, and they allowed them more down the field than most teams, too. It wasn't a, a case where they're throwing a three-yard pass and they're getting yak. This was like, they can't cover these guys past the line of scrimmage. Right, right. And Justin Coleman was one of the top three, I think, and it's something like five yards. So, I mean, if, if that can hold up, if that, you know, statistic could hold up, that, uh, that we cut down, you know, an average of four yards per reception uh, on passes to the slot against him, I mean, <laughs> that's worth the money we're paying him. Uh, on top of which, if you look at the, you know, the passer rating that we were allowing against, you know, the slot last year, it was absolutely atrocious. And, I, you know, we all hope that uh, Jamal Agnew comes along, but trying to hope that he's ready to start, especially after an injury, uh, that's, that, that's just beyond wishful thinking. So this is the secure option here. And, and, and I'm very happy with it. And I think, you know, while it's a high price tag, you, every year in free agency, you're going to sign guys to a high, fr- a high price tag. You know, I'm kind of over that concept of, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of sticker shock with a couple guys you sign because you're going to, it, that's what free agency is now. You know, there are going to be overpays because you got to have holes in your roster. And if you haven't filled them through the draft, you're going to have to overpay somebody to fill them. And that's just the, the truth of the matter. It's, it's, you know, you don't want to massively overpay. And I don't think we did massively overpay for anyone. So. No, no, we didn't. And uh, it feels good. It feels good with, with where we're at. Um, it also, this feels a, puts us in a good position at the nickel corner. It leaves us open at the, that uh, CB2, but it helps us definitely focus on the draft. And we talked about that a lot kind of leading into as we started thinking about what the draft might look like. Got to see what free agency brings because free agency is what really finally hones what that draft strategy is going to be. All right, next we'll move on. So we had a great breakdown of this guy earlier, and uh, Case Case did it in the Slack and then also here. So we'll we'll, we'll kind of leave that a go. But uh, Jesse James, he didn't rob us, didn't take all the gold off the train, left us uh, seemed to be a pretty good signing for a pretty good price. What do you think, Riz? He's, you know what? The, I was happy with the salary on it and, and the guaranteed money, I believe it was $12 million. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. That's not bad for a number two slash maybe number one tight end. Uh, I see him as, as a, a little bit more of a souped up version of Levine Toei Lolo. And I think we saw at the end of last year that Toei Lolo could play a little bit. James is a better blocker, certainly a better inline blocker. And I think that's something that, that we will appreciate, um, especially if this team is running a lot of two tight end sets. He's one of them. That's, that's good. We needed it. Um, everybody remembers him from that, that catch that wasn't a catch against the Steelers mm-hmm. or with the Steelers against the Patriots. Um, that would be a catch now, by the way, interestingly enough. Uh, and I, I, it shows what I like. His, his yards per catch spiked last year. Went up to 14.7 from – it was right around 10 before that. That's, that's, that's real. Um, and, and that's in an offense – that had a lot of uh, out uh, a lot of exterior weapons that you can use. We don't have that yet, but man, he's a guy who he shows that, that he can maybe do a little bit more in the in the slot um, and up the seam than, than what he's been asked to do. So I'm I'm hopeful that he's uh, and again a, another young guy. He's an ascending player. I, I like that. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a question then because I think we had a great conversation earlier with it and with him. But one of the, the kind of end pieces I had was he does all the things our current tight ends do better. But he does all of the things. And I think that may, yes. that may have been you on Twitter, actually, that, that kind of put that thought in my head originally, Riz. But as the more we've seen and the more we've talked about him, that's kind of the position where he, he, he has a lot of upside, really, really high ceiling. But um, he's definitely an upgrade over everybody we've got today. 
Absolutely. And the price is right on it. And I'm happy with them. Awesome. I like it. Awesome. And it, it reminds me of Jesse James Dupree, um, who's the lead singer of Jackal, right, one of right. the best guys around. I'm, I'm going to bring a chains, chainsaw to the next podcast, okay? <laughs> love Jesse James Dupree. I'm your lover, Jack, awesome. baby. I ain't Jack no longer <laughs> since my chainsaw you. All right, let's move on. <laughs> the first signing of free agency had people. This was like everyone was like super whelmed. Uh, there was a lot of like I, <laughs> super well. I like that. That's good. <laughs> there was a lot of like I'm not sure about this. Is it too much? Is it? It was. It was not what people wanted out of the gate. It wasn't the first thing they wanted to see, and it and it scared a lot of people with with what Quinn might be doing. Again, trust in Quinn. You're gonna want that shirt. Uh, but <laughs> Danny Amendola comes to the team. Here's a guy who he he he's a guy that looks like he can fill an existing gap we have, uh, fill a role. Oh yeah, and and sure. really change the way that this offense performed. Had Jim Bob Cooter still been around, but I certainly see there's an opportunity for him to do that uh, under Bevel as well. I hope so. Um, you're getting a 33-year-old oft-injured slot receiver for one year. And and I think you have to take it in the context, this is a one-year patch. I don't expect him to be back in 2020. Nope. I, I don't think this impacts the team's potential to draft a, a slot receiver. He, he only plays in the slot. It, it's a little more than I would have liked to have spent for him, but at the same time, he catches. He caught 59 of his 79 targets last year. He knows how to get open. He is always open. If you watch with, even with Miami, when Brock Osweiler and and whoever else was in their carousel of suck at quarterback last year was throwing to him, <laughs> dude was always open. You got to like that. He he knows the Patriot way, and I hate to use that cliche, but he does. That, that's what he came up in. He was good in San Diego before that. I, this is a good quality player. He's going to catch. He's going to. He is going to make a lot of third and threes from first and ten because he's going to catch seven, eight, nine yard passes. He doesn't ever run farther than that, but you need that in this offense. This, I, I, can't, I hate to beat the said horse, but right now the wide receiving core before Amendola signed was Kenny Galladay. Maybe Marvin Jones and something out of Brandon Powell and Andy Jones that is on every other team's practice squad. That's it. So he helps fill a hole. They are not done yet. They better not be done yet. And none of that that equals separation, right? I mean, that's the thing. Uh, Danny Amendola brings an element to the offense that they can use him to bring separation to guys that are having a hard time getting it themselves. And I'm happy with that. I, I and I, I like the fact that he can possibly mold Brandon Powell into a better wide receiver because he knows how to do all these little things to get open. And he's like Powell. He's a shifty guy, but not fast. Um, I think Amendola is probably faster than Powell. I think most of us are faster than Powell. But that, that's you know, if, if he can get well, open, it's great. Two out of three, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it, Chris. I'm working and, on it. And what you said, what you said about the price tag, it was definitely more than I would have liked to have spent. But when you look around at what the other slot receivers are getting, um, it is well below, you know. And and the guy Adam Humphreys that I had my eye on months ago, when I thought when I didn't realize that the slot market was going to blow up the way it did, he got ten million a year from the Titans. So I mean, at less than half of that for Amendola for probably more than half of the production that he's likely to see. I mean, I mean, you can't really argue that it wasn't market value. It was. Yeah. And based on what we've seen with some other contracts now, it, it seems 
again, more palatable. Um, and this is one it's done already. He was cut by the Dolphins, so he's officially a lion. They they signed a tweet right. out. It was it was cute. It was if it hadn't been the first signing we made, right. I don't think people would have freaked out about it. But yeah, it was I the first signing, and, and we're an anxious fan base. And like, <laughs> so if, if it, it, it's like we signed him and, and everyone collectively gets, this is what you give me. This is what you bring me. It really <laughs> established <laughs> the narrative that we are just trying to recreate the old Patriots. And right. that's, that's right. unfortunate because right. there's as many old giants as there are old Patriots on the team. Now that we've all had a chance to breathe for a minute about it, I think people yeah, are feeling, I, you know, better about it. But can I? Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. The timing, the timing was was awkward for how the fan base would react to it. Can I talk about, I mean, this? there's something, this whole kind of Patriots thing and all oh, the rebuilding the Patriots and all oh, they're hacking off the Patriots. There, it, it, it bothers me a little bit because they'll say that and then out of the next, you know, side of their mouth, they're talking about coaching trees. And uh, well, this coaching tree. Well, oh, so you're saying that emulating the coach that you came from was was good until you want to call it this this Patriot way or whatever the hell people are calling it this week. It, the, the idea is it's it's true not just in football but everywhere. When you find something that works, I mean, uh, today if there, and I'm sure there's a, po- a lot of people listening who hate the phrase scum, scrum master and agile and all the other crap to go with it. Years before that, there was Six Sigma and there was all kinds of crap in between. These are oh. things, <laughs> things that are proven to, um, to improve things and make things better across the way. Yes, they're using a lot of, calling a lot of meetings the same thing. Yes, they're calling a lot of things in the facility the same thing that they call them in New England. But you know why? Because that's convenient and easy for the guy who spent the last 46,000 years of his life in New England, and he doesn't have to rethink that, what he calls stuff. He doesn't have to call remember what to call something. We're trying to make a point in a conversation. He brings everybody into his comfort zone so he can bring the, the, the team to where it needs to be and coach it along. Your, your Six Sigma guy that came in, your, 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 your agile coach and scrum master aren't changing their freaking lexicon so that when they teach you agile so that you're comfortable with it, you're, you're learning agile to be comfortable with agile and all the other things like it. So the whole, can I just eh, say I'm completely lost. I have no okay. idea what you're talking about. It's okay. It's okay. You're not, Chris has a real job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, That's it's, what he's referring to. The, the people that say, <laughs> Oh, you're doing it just like the Patriots, the Patriots. Are. It's the same kid in fourth grade that yelled, you're a copycat. Quit copying me. It's the same kind of stupidity. So sorry. That's just, it just frustrates the hell out of me. So, that's that. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Um, there is one other guy. There's a guy that I think we all know. And, I love Zach Sander. And, um, of yes. course, <laughs> we get another year of the draft to live and, and breathe with us. Um, Zach Zenner re-signed one-year deal. Uh, I know the Vikings were sniffing around, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that had to cause some angst for, for Case earlier today. And, and, by the way, we do have a shirt about Zach Zenner, too. Yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> I was so, nervous. Um, I didn't want to. I, I certainly didn't want to see him go to the Vikings. It would have been, you know, it, very few people who live here in in North Dakota, Minnesota, actually even know who he is, despite the fact that he played for. Uh, really? You know, NDSU fans probably do here in Fargo, but um, they they just aren't aware enough of the NFL to know who you know the Lions' third string running back was. Uh, so, but at the same time, they would have immediately been like, oh, this is, you know, the Vikings guy, Zach Center. And that would have really bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So we got Zach Center. He's right now. <laughs> everyone's talking like he's the, the running back, too. 
I don't think so, right? I mean, we're going to see some movement around here, Riz. This I is, hope, well, they were going to talk about Ingram being on the Lions' radar, too. So yeah, We will see on that. I think he's asking for more money than what the Lions want to give a washed-up running back. Hopefully, they learned that lesson last year with LeGarrette Blunt and his league worst 2.7 yards per carry. Just the idea that just the idea that we were, you know, involved in the talks with him suggests that Zenner may not, you know, have a secure spot at the number two, though. Well, he shouldn't. He sh- he should be in the competition for it, but oh, they, they would not be giving it I to him. I definitely agree. And uh, this is a weird draft in that there's probably not any real home run pick as a running back. So you're going to see a lot of guys go in third, fourth, fifth round. And I think that's where the Lions are going to dip to. Yep, Don't know who yet, but we'll somewhere. see. Yeah. So with what we've seen so far, Riz, um, what do you think this is doing to the Lions' um, uh, calculus in the draft, first and second round? I, I still like your Irv Smith. I've, when you when you pulled him out, it, it really focused. I really, really like that that is a second-round pick. I really oh, I think it. that's I love just, it. just He's, he's a move tight end. He's not a spectacular athlete, but and he's going to get dogged for that by a lot of people. I still love the way he plays. I, th- I think he's a great – H-back, tight end, can be your fullback, can split out if you need him to do. And I think that's that's the kind of guy, he's not Aaron Hernandez, but as a player, he can do a lot of the things that Aaron Hernandez did for the Patriots offense, and you better believe that Patricia knows what that is because he's defended every day in practice. Does that include taking out your, your girl's boyfriend? Well, you never know. I, I, I think Irv's a little more mature than that. Okay, I hope so. Okay, I hope so. No, I, I like that. So, so right now, when the way I'm looking at it, they still need a right guard. I think that's going to come in free agency. I think unless and you they don't think it's Tyler, Tyrell Crosby. I really hope it's Tyrell Crosby, but I don't think they believe that yet. I think they okay. want to have competition there. I think they like Wiggins for some reason. I don't know. I don't get that. But then, then again, Bob Quinn hey, said that he loves Tees Tabor as the number two corner. Still, I, <laughs> Mike I Rimmers is available, right? Mike Rimmers is available, <laughs> and uh, he's not good, but he's he's available. <laughs> So are we? Are, is that what he's we're doing? Better, he's better than Bobby Hart, who the, the Bengals just gave twenty one million dollars to. <laughs> the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and weak. Oh my god, <laughs> that guy! I seriously don't think he can move his inside leg when he's set up. It, it's horrible. So <laughs> it could be a lot worse. You could be a Bengals fan. He's got the worst deadline, dead leg on an offensive line. Oh yes, <laughs> dead leg. Not a good thing for a right tackle. <laughs> let me uh, let me ask you. With the Trey Flowers signing, the way things are, Josh Allen becomes available at eight for some reason. And, and it's not completely unplausible that that happens. Do it. You still want him. You just want Murderer's Row there, right? Is that yes. What? Yeah. I'm with it. I am too. If, 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 <laughs> totally with if, it. If Josh Allen or Ed Oliver are there, they are my pick. Do you think Ed they'll Oliver's be there? Ed Oliver's trickier for me just because I, I think he wants to be a three technique, and I'm not sure that we have a spot for that, but. Yeah, we might not, but I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with ha- having Matt Patricia try to figure that out. I don't want an off the ball linebacker. No to Devin White. Um, Devin Bush is better, by the way, um, quite a bit better actually. Um, if if you don't like missed tackles, if you don't like Jared Davis running pass tackles, you're really not going to like Devin White when you watch him. Just <laughs> trust me on that. Um, it will not be Greedy Williams. I can I can friggin' guarantee you that Greedy Williams is not even in the Lions conversation at number eight. He would not be in their conversation at number forty, um, just from things that I've heard. So stick wow. with me on that. Right on. Um, so I don't think they're going to take a cornerback in the first round because I don't think they value any of them that highly. Offensive line, I, I know Kyle Mikey keeps peeing in my orange juice and saying that Jonah Williams is a real possibility. I really hope not, but I'm not going to doubt Kyle on that. Um, I hope it's not the case, but it, it could happen. 
And I don't think they're in the DK Metcalf business, and he's probably the only receiver that gets considered there. Sorry, I was just pointing at Chris trying to tell him that I'm the case. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, we got to get this video out for people to see. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> he, he thought I had something of value to add to that. No, <laughs> I knew better than that, but I thought you just had something to say. <laughs> no, that's great. All right, so uh, good stuff. Riz, anything you want to talk about in the division before we let you go here? You know, the Packers got a hell of a lot better with Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos. Their defense looks looks legit now because they do have some young pieces that I really do like. They're going to be very different. Um, they're still Aaron Rodgers and a prayer on offense. I guess Devontae Adams can be that prayer sometimes, but they, they, they are a better team now than they were when Aaron Rodgers quit on them in week 17, and they we need to treat them as such. We can't just keep mm-hmm. shitting on them. Yep. No, we need to keep shitting on them, but we got to respect the team. How about that? Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Riz, I know you got stuff to do. Go get those kids to basketball. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon, bro. Excellent. Go Lions. All right, that's great. Thank you so much, Riz. Uh, remember, guys, this show needs your involvement. We're starting something new. We've got about a month and a half where we're asking you to to really help out. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Uh, head on over there, and uh, anything you buy, a dollar goes to the St. Jude Charity. Don't forget about Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Every dollar for the next two months is going to the same charity, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Uh, we want to raise as much as we can. And also there's an auction. We're going to kick that off next week. Don't forget about us. Uh, a lot of that going to be talking about uh, as the weeks go on. We're not going to kill you with that information, but we do want you to take part. We do want you to show the generosity that Lions fans, Michiganders, and everybody else involved with this organization have. Our coach set a a great example. Let's let's follow it and let's uh, let's feed on that to to do something special for these families that need it so bad. We'll be talking about a lot on Twitter at det Lions Podcast. Det Lions Podcast. We'll be talking about that and a lot more. And we'll be doing it with Case. Looking for my jar of honey. <laughs> All right, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave a message, we'll get you on the show. Um, thanks all for listening. Thanks all for helping out. Make sure you go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box magically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember... No pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're a Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.